Welcome, welcome into today's episode of More Important Issues. Coming at you a day later, Easter holiday. Hope you guys had a good time with your family, friends, by yourself. Well, I, I just hope it was whatever what you wanted Easter to be. Um, it's a it's a holiday, uh, so I hope you did enjoy that. We're here though. We that that we we took a break from each other. Not that I don't like Landon. We took a break from each other, um, but we're back now on Monday night. I know we already had our guy Chris give us hell about it being you know the day of the the national championship game. Well, the good news is it doesn't tip off until nine twenty. So. Yep. Little pregame show. We're gonna get you guys out of here in time. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. NCAA just. Why do you just keep making stupid decisions? Everything you do just makes zero sense. What I hate is I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna stay up for it. Like I, I have to watch one shiny. I can't not watch one shiny moment. It's true. So I'll be up all night. It sucks. I'm an old man. Like I'm gonna be in my bed watching it. But I'm going to be up for one shiny moment. So we will talk about the national championship game. Uh, it's in there. Don't worry. We're also talking uh, spring practice. Tennessee football still chugging along. Even if numbers are slowly dwindling down, they are making the most of it. We'll talk about those bad headlines. And, and I mean, even the ones that aren't even in the program anymore are somehow still making headlines. It's baffling. Uh, we'll Incredible. also talk. It is. We'll talk about some recruiting news. Uh, not just not just football. We've also got some. There's some basketball uh, news going on. Talking about Justin Powell to the Hill. Also, Tennessee has found um, a replacement for I would assume Kim English because uh, it wasn't announced until uh, Saturday or Sunday that Tennessee basketball was losing an additional staff member uh, to ETSU. Um, but they did they did go ahead and get one of those spots filled. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, tonight. Don't worry. Tennessee baseball goes on the road. Series win. First time since 2001 that Tennessee baseball has started the year off with three SEC series wins. Tennessee, mark it down. Baseball school, write it down. Yeah, we didn't even do that against um, in the year we went to the College World Series. Right. So, uh, yeah, something to hang your hat on, something to kind of build around. Yeah, you know, it's it's not, you know, the three series wins, yeah, they're, they're not those teams in, in the top 15. I think there's like, what, seven SEC teams in the yeah. top 15 right now. Um, but you, you want to win on the road, and two of those are on the road, so you, you can't ask for much more from this baseball team, right? And you can't win three, four, five series in a row if you don't win three series in a row. True. Um, so you got you got to get off. You got to get to at least three first. Uh, I'm not great at math. I'm not great at counting, but I think you got to get to three before even thinking about four or five. Uh, but yeah, great start for Tennessee. Uh, and I mean, really, kind of grinded that out. We'll, we'll of course dive deeper into that. And uh, again. Tennessee baseball just taking on the mantra of Tony Vitello, grinding wins out. We're also going to talk about Gonzaga and Baylor. Tell hey uh, tonight. So first off, drop questions um, if you got them. We'll get to them. We've got a few to get to later on in the show. Um, tell us where you're listening from. Tell us your bets because I made some. I'm not confident in them. I might even like walk back some bets. Tell us what. Tell us uh you know money line. Landon said he, he you know he's kind of filling money on Baylor now. Um, you know you've got that Gonzaga boost on. Uh, DraftKings, where's the money going tonight from the people listening to more important issues? I want to know. You might you might change my mind. You might get me uh, you might get me on betting on somebody else because I'll tell you I don't want to get into it too much right now. I know we'll talk about it later. I just like Gonzaga got to the national championship. I feel like if they were gonna like I don't know how do you ruin a perfect season tonight, right? You've got everything to get up for now. Like there's nothing to look ahead to. 
Yeah, and you've had that close game where, you know, it just feels like Gonzaga is just destined to win after that Final Four game. Yeah, Baylor's a fun team to watch. It's going to be a fun game. That's what does piss me off, too. I wish it was two teams that I'm like, I don't even, even want to watch. I don't care. This is a game everyone's been waiting. Like, someone said it best. After not having March Madness this year or last year, after like the kind of craziness that's been March Madness this year, the fans deserve this. This game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are the two best teams since, like, November. So, it's, it's <laughs> right. not a huge surprise. But people didn't put them in the bracket, like, in the national championship in their bracket because it was so obvious. Whoa. You well, sure some people, that? Some people did. I did, I did in, in one of mine. But, you know, there's always that, you know, they're probably not going to just right. because. Well, I mean, we talked about it filling it out. It was like two one seeds really? Come on. <laughs> and then there not was just two one seeds. Number one and number two. Not just two one seeds. Number yeah. one and number two are, are in it. Uh, yeah, they deserve it. Like I said, guys, drop your drop where you're listening from in the chat. Tell us what what the bet where the money's at tonight. Tell us where to go. Help me win some money. Go check out our sponsors: Tennessee Tap House, Hound Dogs, and Blue Water Climate Control. Also, go check out our network, Volunteer Roadshow. They do a great job of making the show possible. Um, so go check them out. Go check us out on Twitter. Um, you ready to get this thing going? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go use the bathroom, grab a last second drink. Place my bets in, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. I made up my mind, I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Read it, did to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Monday, April fifth. I almost said Sunday. It's April. It's a it's a great month. The weather is warm. I sat on a patio for dinner tonight. Spring is back, like Texas. Spring is back. It feels good. It feels really great. I, I I dread what's gonna what it's gonna be when I when I go take the dog out after the show. Um, but it's t- tonight today just felt phenomenal. Uh, Jordan, I said Texas is back, and everyone's going, come on, Caleb. They lost to Abilene Christian in the first round this year. Uh, their football team's abysmal. Gosh, Jordan Spieth just won the Valero Open. He's about to go win the Masters. Texas is back. Did you just jinx it, though? No, I didn't. I, I spoke it into existence. <laughs> um, I've okay. got so, And a lot of people are going, Caleb, where's your Masters gear? It's Masters week. Guys, Vol Baseball got their third series win in a row, SEC series win. Um, priorities priorities and, and wednesday i'll have the master stuff on it, it didn't match the orange and i had to wear the baseball shirt landon landon uh, had this shirt ready for me friday when i came into town i had to wear it for tonight's show it was good to see you i haven't seen you i felt like i haven't seen you in months it was a great friday and i'm gonna be in town for like the next couple weeks because i'll probably be in town i'll be in town this weekend probably be in town the weekend after and then the weekend after that i think we're gonna gate our tails off we should 
guys, come hang out. We're we're gonna do it. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out like logistically later. We're not logistic guys. We're just do it guys. Um, yeah. So we'll figure it out as we go. We like want y'all to come day hang before, out. Or we'll we'll just decide and and, and go yeah, do something. Exactly. We didn't tailgate at all this year, so we want y'all to come hang out with us before the uh, orange and white game. Um, it, you know, we'll we gotta we gotta get prepped for the for the fall. Right now, we're not in SEC shape, um, so we gotta get we gotta get going. We'll tailgate before the orange and white game. Speaking of that, spring practice report. Good news, I guess. Let's let's or like as good of news as we can. Let's start on that. Yeah, it just seems like this team, like we've mentioned before, just having fun. Um, yeah. So I guess that's a positive. We haven't heard a ton about spring practice. Who's looking good? Um, you know, obviously there's a ton of defensive linemen, so that's good. But there's not a ton of linebackers. Um, you know, Josh Heupel kind of mentioned some of the receivers who have really stuck out, and those were Bayless Jones Jr., um, Jimmy Callaway, and Cedric Tillman. Um, so that was kind of interesting to me to hear Cedric Tillman, because when you think about this offense, you think of speed, speed, and more speed. Yeah. Um, and Cedric Tillman just really doesn't fit that. But is is he a different kind of guy, so that makes him stick out? Is Do you think that's – to well, say. I, I think too. I think yeah, speed's gonna be utilized in Josh Heupel's offense. But one thing I've noticed too is, is finding space. Um, so I mean, it's gonna be about too about like game savvy guys. Uh, so is he gonna be the fastest guy? No, I mean you just said that, and then, like the tape shows it, and um, his uh, his stats show that. Like no, he's not gonna be the fastest guy. Can he run good routes? And can he find space? Because if he can do those things, he'll find himself on the field for Josh Heupel. Yeah, so I was kind of thinking, like, who, who's your third receiver? Because I, I think we can all agree on Valus Jones Jr., Jalen Hyatt would probably be one and two to me. Do you disagree with that? Or, or no, 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 no. You got I, third receiver is what I was. I don't. What do you call that noise? The eh noise. I don't know. That's why I made that. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> I, I don't know who your third receiver is. That's uh, I mean, that's probably a good question, but I, I think too, I don't, I don't know how much. I'm curious to see the wide receiver rotations, um, because you know just how, like you said, how fast not just they play, but how you know, like how fast the offense actually goes. Yeah, um, you know, you got to think that you'd have guys in and out of there, especially if you're running a bunch of go routes. Yeah, um, you know, if they're 50 yards down the field and you're wanting to run a play in three seconds. Um, yeah. You're going to have to throw guys in and out. So yeah, maybe it's by, com- by committee, but um, you know, I'm have- interested to see who that third guy is. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if you're going just kind of based off experience, it's gotta be uh, either Ramel Keaton or Cedric Tillman, right? I'm thinking more of Jimmy Callaway. Um, okay. But that's not know. based on experience though. Then if I'm no, saying, no. if you're just going like guys who play the most currently on the roster, then I think, I mean, those are the only two left, really. Malachi Wyman, I guess, played a little bit last year. Yeah, I think if you're just going off based off experience, yeah, it, it'd be either one of those two. And probably, I would think Ramel Keaton has more experience than Cedric Tillman. Right. Um, so if we're going that, yeah, Ramel Keaton. I just, you know, he didn't mention Ramel Keaton, so I don't know exactly where he is in the rotation. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure he will, will be in the mix. Um but I, I'm thinking more of Jimmy Calloway just because he, he is available. You're hearing more about him. Um, right. he, he's, you know, he fits that need of need for speed, if you, if you will. Um, 
yeah, like you, CF North said, Cedric Tillman is a big dude, so he's that that different kind of athlete on, on the outside. You yeah. know, you have a bunch of speed guys, a bunch of little, um, you know, what do you call them, scat backs, or you know, well, um, I'm trying to think. What, what's I mean, they're just speedy receivers. Is that you're talking about the receiving group? Yeah, like yeah, they're like, just like inside guys. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely you've got the good news is you've got a ton of speed. I mean, Jimmy Callaway, Jimmy Holiday, uh, Ethan Dixon just asked about Jalen Hyatt. Yes, Jalen Hyatt and Valus Jones Jr. We're discussing right now number three. Um, you know, number one and two. Me and Landon can agree. I, I don't know if you guys agree. It's it's Jalen Hyatt and Bayless Jones Jr. Uh, pick your order. I don't think it matters. Um, we're talking about number three, though. You do still have a ton of option there with speed. Even though, you know, you, you mentioned it, Cedric Tillman's the name that's been thrown out, um, who, who isn't the fastest guy even of, of the people that are left outside of uh, um, Jones Jr. And, and Hyatt. Um, but, I mean, are they looking for maybe a different type of receiver, trying to maybe getting those guys out behind the – secondary and then trying to find a guy that's really good at getting into space. Sure. They'd love to, you know, you would love space. You'd love a guy who can find space with speed, but if, if Cedric Tillman's the best at it, then you're going to go with him. Yeah. I just think if you're looking for a different kind of wide receiver, you know, a bigger type of guy that can get up, go up and, and get the football. How can it not be Malachi Wadman? And, and that, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I like Tillman in terms of different receivers. I like Tillman and Wadman both. Yep. So we'll see. Um, kind of how spring, you know, I'm I'm sure the the orange and white game we'll get to see a lot more. To you know, maybe they'll do some open practices like we've seen some other um, schools do around college football. That'd be interesting. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I, I would love to see it. Uh, I mean, you're getting. I was about to. I was about to say before you mentioned that. Uh, when's the next episode of the Juice Drop? Because Last week, you you talked me into winning five games. Can you get me to six or seven this week? Not with the bad headlines. <laughs> the <laughs> juice backwards. Well, okay, good point. So the juice is going to have to keep me at five. The juice right. is going to have to keep me at five. Correct. Um, Jake Taylor mentioned Juwan Jennings wasn't the fastest guy. No, Juwan Jennings, that's that. I mean, first off, Juwan Jennings would start on any team if I had, like, the deciding factor because he's a dog, and you can't. There, there's no factor in sports that can overcome. I mean, obviously you have to have some talent there, um, but the dogness, if you will. Just imagine if he had like four four speed. Well, he would be playing on Sundays right now, not you know, <laughs> not up and down on practice squads and and whatnot. So, right, um, he would definitely be. Uh, UCF North mentioned it. I'm not worried about our offense. Yeah, I mean, offense is definitely not the question, which will. Uh, That'll go ahead and take us into, I guess, the bad headlines, unless you have anything else you want to mention about spring practice. No, I mean, you're thin at linebacker, and you're getting even thinner. Um, even thinner. Tennessee is uh, looking at a way to honor their their uh, former athletic director. Going to take the former cup. Oh, does Tennessee get credit for um, ooh, guy who left, got shot in the leg, that guy? Does Tennessee get credit for him? Uh, Brandon Davis. Brandon Davis, yeah. I mean, he's at JUCO right now. So. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, do they get credit? He was here when he got shot. Also, I, I don't – like, I'm not familiar with the judicial process at all. Like, not. But is it just like – are cops just like, 
yeah, we think you got shot by someone else. Case closed. We're good. <laughs> like, that's it? That's all we're going to do? Yeah, like, how was there no more questions? Yeah. Oh, I guess, I, I, guess I, have, I have way more questions than that cop or, or whoever spoke to him ever had. Correct. I, I, again, I'm not familiar with it. Maybe if we have a police officer in the chat, like, how would you handle that if you arrived and then you were still investigating six months later? Like, would you just be like, his friend shot him? Cool. He ain't going to give us a name. Well, case closed. Yeah, my thing is, like, he. it was like... Oh, we th- we think you shot yourself, and he was like, "No, I didn't shoot myself." <laughs> then you ask, like, "Okay, who shot you?" Also, and I've got to, I've got to, yeah, that is definitely um, interesting. Um, also, like, I'd like to make it clear too, it was in a public place. It wasn't like he got shot in his own home. Like, someone had a gun at a bar. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> and like my, I don't know. I have so many questions. The point, I mean, I think I to say all this because we do have to move along because we we are going to, like I said, pregame you guys into the national championship. I could make jokes about this all night long because um, it's it's absurd. Like it's an absurd story. But he's not at Tennessee anymore, so it doesn't relate to Tennessee football in the slightest. And lo- like, okay, so so they find out that this guy accidentally shot this guy who's no longer here but the oh, guy yeah. is still on the team oh the guy that they think shot him is still on the team the suspect is still on the team yes so he is a suspect or did they close it i thought they just said done close he, like that's it I, I think he was a suspect okay but he didn't want to pursue legal action i don't know i don't understand like which i think i don't understand you- why the story came back up in the first place well, if the guy's still on the team, I understand why the story came back up. I wasn't aware there was a guy still here. I thought they had both left. No, apparently the guy is still on okay. the team. Okay, so I didn't read that correct. Okay. And then I read that Alante Taylor and Trayvon Flowers was with Brandon Davis, but neither one of them were the suspect. This is the weirdest thing ever. Don't go to Uptown, kids, is the story – and then they said the it was too loud to hear a gunshot. I believe like, that. I've been to Uptown. I believe. I know. That. <laughs> I, I believe that too. But like, no one saw anything. That's the weirdest part to me. Someone said Brandon Davis came out and said he took the blame for the team. So did he shoot himself? Is that what he's claiming? Well, then just, he claimed on Twitter he's like, "No, I didn't shoot myself." Okay. Well, then you did. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. I don't. <laughs> no. I don't understand. My biggest question about all of this, it has nothing to do with really like the like the the story, so to speak, or like the who's taking the blame. My question is, why does the police not care at all? Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, how do you accidentally shoot your own teammate in a public place? Why do you have a gun in a public place for one? And number two, like, why are you fiddling around with it that it goes off and shoots somebody in the leg? You don't just fiddle with your gun when you're out? I guess. <laughs> I, I, I don't have one in a public setting. Oh, so you don't I'm tell people that? Out. You're going to get messed up. I don't have one on. It's not in my pocket. <laughs> uh, good Lord, dude. So apparently, according, just, to, according to UCF North, he took the blame when it first happened. Now he's like, hey, I didn't shoot myself. I don't know. It's, it's Again, I just the story is absurd. We're never going to find out. I am more baffled 
that the KP like KPD seems to just be like, hmm, like that's it. No, we're good. Boys will be boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, this is nuts. That story's nuts. And then God, you talked about getting thin at linebacker. I and and what I hate about this part of the story is like you I mean, you gotta say. Like, I don't want to just go out and immediately say, like, dude's guilty. Because we, we don't know. Like, we know one one side. But, like, even the like the fact that someone is willing to say that about you, like, that you did that, I think it's, it either one says a lot about his character or it says a lot about her character. Like, and then if you're hanging around those kind of people, not good anyways, because something bad was bound to happen. Um, but, dude, it's just... Like, What's what's crazy to me is like what can a six month old cat do to somebody to make them want to do it to a cat? Yeah, I, the the story is disgusting. Like to do to any animal, to any human being, like anything like that. Like it's just, I mean, disgust. If he if he did any of that, like if he harmed that cat in any way, in my opinion, kick him off the team because like he obvious. Like I don't know. Like that's just like. Hey, he's obviously a threat. <laughs> you've well, you just you've got more. I don't know. It's hard to say. You, you've got some demons that you need to take care of. It, it, I mean, like animal abuse is like a sociopathic tendency, right? I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. It's just again, I'll never understand that kind of stuff. Like, I get some of the mistakes that like college kids make. No, I'm not talking about shooting yourself in the leg. That's <laughs> not that kind of mistake. Or shooting your teammate. Or shooting your team, whichever one it was. Um, I'm not talking about those kind of mistakes. Like, if like this was like one of those where it's like, hey, dude was at the like wrong place, wrong time, or like, hey, he just really shouldn't be with those people. Like, I get it, but like, like you said, like what bring what comes over you to do that? If any part of the story is true, I don't think that's a kid making a mistake. It's just like you're 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 a dick. Like you're a dickhead. Yeah. If it's again, if it's true, I don't know. I'm not saying anything about. I don't know Aaron Beasley personally. I'm not saying he is or isn't this person. I'm just saying if any of that's true, like you got, like you got problems. Let's just be honest. Yep. Yeah. There, there. There's no room for you on this in this program if that's yeah. If any of that story is true. But again, I like we can't really you can't dive into it. it it's it sucks from a depth perspective because. Tennessee yeah. doesn't have any depth. Oh, it, like know? why could you not have been a running back? <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it. I and I, I hate it for like it sucks like for the girl and the cat. Like I, I mean, if someone did that to my dog, I don't know what I would do. Um, exactly. So like, I got certainly like I. It, it sucks and I hate it and I hate it for like the girl the the girlfriend I guess of of him like the fact that like. She obviously didn't do anything to the cat, but now she is like in the middle of all. Like it sucks. This is a sh- and she has to live with a roommate. I would hope there has been like we're not, like I don't know what's happened. Um, because and even like the text messages that were in the athletic article by David Ubin are just like disturbing on so many levels too. Um, it's just not yeah. Uh, whew. and you're still waiting to hear. I yeah, move past the Aaron Beasley situation. Um, still waiting to hear about someone mentioned French and Willis. Uh, it sounds like Caden Salter's charges got dropped completely. Is that right? I didn't hear that. I thought I saw that this weekend. Um, could have dreamt it. It's possible. 
Uh, I thought I saw that now it's just kind of like waiting, holding pattern, see if he gets uh, reinstated. Um, yeah, I, I thought I saw that. I can I can double check. So I, I but I mean, too many like I don't know what's going on with this program. I don't know if it's because it's in a transition period, um, and like it's just and then like COVID, like you're not in the building as much as normal. I mean, I just I hope Jeremy Pruitt isn't that isn't that bad at judging character that like all of this, all of this is just who they are. Like, I hope this is just like, which I mean, they're adults. All of them are like, they are regardless. It's their mistake to own, but man, like how is all of this happening in, in the span of a few months? Yeah. Like weeks. It sucks. It like, and it sucks for like the guys involved in the program. Yeah, and guys that have an impact, like Aaron Beasley, like with the depth you have right now, linebacker, you're one of the most experienced guys in that group. You know, you you would think that he would be able to make an impact this season. Right. But, you know, you, you make a – can you even call it a mistake? Because – Again, if everything I heard – like if, what that, if what's been said is true, no. I don't, I don't know how you could call that a mistake. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um. You, but, you see but North said he, the, he said Salter's case got dropped. He thought all of them had, but he said, don't hold him to that. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to say about that. Like if nothing has come about that yet, it, it feels like it's more than just what we thought from the get go. Well, and maybe we need to question KPD again. I think it's like from my under from what I can gather from that situation, it was, I don't want to speculate too much. If you read it, though, I think you have a good understanding of what may have happened. Now, yeah, I don't, but I don't apparently like, I read something like it could have been a robbery. Yeah, yes. Just go read about it, and then you kind of – like I think everybody can kind of come to the same conclusion that I have in terms of like I think I see what's going to happen here. I think it may end up – may have ended up like the uh, um, Davis situation where the person that was – the victim, I guess, isn't going to press charges. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Guys, be smart. No, <laughs> yeah, be smart. And especially linebackers. Holy crap. <laughs> We're going to have to put linebackers on a 24-hour surveillance to keep them in check because we just keep losing them every single day. Is it like uh, – is the bubble like scenario only okay during COVID or can we just bubble them up for now? Yeah, I, I mean, right now the only scholarship player that you have at that position is Morvin Joseph, and he didn't even play that position last year. So you got Will Albright, you got Enrique Valentine, and Sloan Page, and, and Morvin Joseph. Aaron Willis, um, Martavius French, Aaron Beasley, Crouch, Totoo, and uh, – of course, J.J. Peterson never made it to campus. So um, you have all those guys that are just not – and Jeremy Banks is currently injured. So, you know, that's yeah. basically all your linebackers from last season have uh, kind of dwindled down. At least this is happening when defense doesn't matter in the SEC. That's – I mean, like Nick Saban said it's dead. So – Okay, yeah. yeah. We're good. We're good. I'd like to have some bodies there. I wouldn't mind either. Matter. I wouldn't mind either. I wouldn't <laughs> mind that either. Uh, all right. Recruiting news. Recruiting news. Um, so Tennessee doesn't have a commit yet. Um, hopefully that changes soon. But they did. They have made some top 
schools for for different prospects. So Destin Wade, Keaton Wade, the the Wade twins from Summit High School in Spring Hill, Tennessee, um, both included Tennessee in the top four with Virginia, Kentucky, and Louisville. I'm pretty sure. And uh, Keaton Wade, um, the four star linebacker, did not include Tennessee in his top eight. So Tennessee is able to gain ground there. And uh, you know, have a good chance to land both of those uh, twins from uh, from Spring Hill, Tennessee. We're like this, and, and <laughs> need linebackers. State, state, yeah, need linebackers. Um, also, state champions, so they know how to win. You know, lo- love to see that. Um, number one running back in the country, Branson Robinson, per rivals. Um, I think he's out of Mississippi. He said Tennessee's future is bright. And he could see them competing in the college football playoff in a couple of years. I don't know if he watched last season, but <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate the the optimism. Yeah, I thank you. Um, like like you said, and he also said Heupel is the funniest head coach he knows. Um, and Interesting. I haven't, I haven't seen that side yet, but cool funny looking. Yeah, you know, maybe. I can say that as a funny looking guy. But, but I always thought it was weird that Jeremy Pruitt was such a relationship guy too, because he had zero like emotion, and uh, it seemed like he didn't have much of a personality. But you but know, was, those are the kind of football coaches that like all the kids love, though. Like, right? That's true. That's true. That's true. So I, I'm not shocked at the the Pruitt thing. I, I'm not. But uh, it's good to see everyone having fun. I mean, like you mentioned, having fun. I'm ready for the. I already said I'm ready for the next episode of the Juice. And then um, Walter Nolan. Top player, one of the top players in the country, um, number one player in Tennessee, did not include Tennessee in his top eight. Um, you know, whatever. If you want to get in with the the five stars, you're gonna have to win football games. I think if Tennessee yeah. won football games, if they won nine games, you know, maybe Walt, Walter Nolan, you know, takes a second look at him. It, it it sucks because his uh, his high school coach at St. Benedict um, is Marlon Walls, who played at Tennessee, so that kind of is unfortunate. Um, Dusting, but you know maybe he's making it easier on us. You know he, he's not uh, keeping us in it till the end, and then you know picking another hat um, on, on signing day. So whatever, I'd rather kind of get that one over with if, if it wasn't going to come to fruition anyway. I I want the five stars. I, I... Win games. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean you have to. You have to win games yeah. if you want to get players. At the end of the day, like that's that's what ha- that's what has to take place. Mm-hmm. And I, I would rather spend time on somebody who, you know, might actually pick Tennessee than, uh, you know, just keeping Tennessee in it just because they're the home state school or, or his high school coach played at Tennessee. I think Peru kind of did that a lot where he would just, you know, get in with Marius Mims and, you know, all these five stars. Yeah, he might get one every now and then, but it, it, it just seems like we we're always in it but never really got those kind of players because we couldn't win football games. Right. I mean, that that's, yeah, that's the bottom line with kind of how the 2021 class got started off. Cause you're coming off a six game win streak. Everything looks good. And then, yeah, you just got to win games. It's that, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's that simple. You guys who want to be here. More recruiting though, for Tennessee basketball, I guess transfer portal recruiting. Can you call that recruiting? I don't know. Oh yeah. It's recruiting. Okay. Recruit. Recruit. Tennessee. Land's transfer and Landon 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 said it last show. Mentioned how big Justin Powell would be. Well, Tennessee listened. They heard you. Heard me. Yeah. They went I'm out. Cr- they, they did it. 
They did the thing. They did it. Um, they get the the former – he was a freshman last year at Auburn. Uh, played in 10 games. Averaged 11.7 points per game. 6.1 rebounds per game. 4.7 assists per game. And uh, shot around 43% from the field. And I think uh, 44% from the three. So, uh, you know, had back-to-back 26-point games against South Alabama and Memphis. Take that, Penny. And, uh, you know, from Kentucky. So, I think he's only an hour and, like, 20 minutes away from Lexington is his hometown. So, you know, it, it's big because Kentucky was considered the favorite. He's also right outside of Louisville. So, you know, they're expected to be in it as well. Chooses Tennessee. You know, he, he said he likes the pieces Tennessee has. Um, you get Kennedy Chandler. Then you get a six-six um, guy who can rebound, uh, can can shoot it, can get to the rim. Um, I think this is a big pickup for Tennessee. You know, he, he only played ten games at Auburn, um, was out due to a, a bad concussion, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's nice to steal one away from Bruce Pearl and then um, you know take him out of the grasp of uh, Coach Cal at Kentucky. It, it was great to great to see. Right. And, and I mean, just adding a, a guy, I mean, we talked about how big it's going to be to get Kennedy Chandler here in this next class to add a guard that um, kind of, he's a a good addition to, to what Kennedy Chandler's game already is. Uh, Kennedy Chandler can go to the hole. Uh, he He's aggressive. Justin, Justin Powell's a, a spot, a sharpshooter. Um, you know, you already have Santiago Vescovi who we, you know, think can kind of be that role, but really hasn't just had the guy that can, um, get pressure away from him and, and be that that spot up guy. So hopefully you have two this year uh, in Justin Powell and Santiago Vescovi, uh, especially with with Kennedy Chandler being being the aggressive guard he is. Uh, so I think it's going to be a great addition. I've already seen. I mean, some people have been like Tennessee's best backcourt in the country. Pump the brakes. We thought we had him this year, <laughs> so let's pump the brakes on it. Um, but it regardless is exciting. Go get a big man now. Yeah, it needs some size uh, for sure, um, but th- this definitely helps. I think 247 Sports had Justin Powell listed as the number eight transfer in the country, so Tennessee was able to land him. Um, and, you know, the last time they got a, a really good shooter from Kentucky, turned out okay. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I mean, some people will say it was, it was you know, they probably would have gone after the, the other Mr. Basketball winner in the state of Kentucky, but – the experts might say that, that Chris Lofton was an okay guard. He's pretty good. <laughs> Wasn't bad. Um, I, I think Chris Lofton show. was – Yeah, friend of the pod. Um, it was great to have him on. That was a, that was a really good episode. Um, but he was listed as a number two player um, out of high school in Kentucky, and then Justin Powell was listed as a number three um, player out of Kentucky. So kind of similar, you know. Who knows? I'm, I'm – not trying to draw too many parallels, but yeah, not not saying, just saying. The shoe fits. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, more basketball news. Tennessee did announce uh, their replacement, I, I guess, for for Kim English. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it really is a replacement, but uh, Rod Clark from Austin P. was named to the uh, Tennessee basketball staff today. Go P. Go, go P. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean. I don't think it's as great of a hire as Kim English if we're gonna, you know, nitpick it. But um, he's been around. He's been around a lot. Uh, yeah, he's a good young recruiter. Um, you know, he, he's done the kind of um, academy circuit 
Um, he was at Sunrise Christian where actually Kennedy Chandler played his last season of uh, – did they win the national championship this weekend? They lost to um, – Monteverde. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, but, yeah, that, that's where Kennedy Chandler played his last season of basketball, um, got his team to the national championship. And so he was there for a couple of years and then joined um, Austin P in July of 2020. So, yeah, I think it's a, a young recruiter who's got some ties at different places. Um, obviously, you want guys with, with ties in those academies because, you know, that that's where all the top talent is nowadays. Um, right. Some of those. So, I, I think he'll do just fine recruiting to Tennessee who's had a ton of success. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's kind of wait and see. But, yeah, it's, it's a guy that you can – that has some ties and is younger, can relate to players, and, uh, you know, has some college experience coaching. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I mean, I think, yeah, but as far as getting an assistant coach in here, I mean, Tennessee's going to do – play Rick Barnes basketball. Um, so, I mean, it's not – obviously not a huge deal. I just uh, – you, you've in the last two years – three years, you've lost two great assistant coaches, um, which is tough. You also lost Desmond Oliver coming up to the Tri-Cities. Shout out. Uh, he'll be named – I think he was named today. I think they had a press conference. Uh, new head coach at ETSU. Go Bucks. Um, so they will be looking to replace uh, another part, another uh, assistant coach on the Tennessee staff. Rick Barnes said they acted quickly when replacing um, Kim English. See if they do that now. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um you know, you hate to lose those two guys. Um, and, and, you know, it's a tough situation that Des Oliver's going into um, with what happened at ETSU. But definitely wish him, a, both of those guys, a ton of luck. And I think Kim English tweeted out, you know, his um, – you know, Tennessee got a great one and, and Rod Clark. So, you know, hopefully hopefully it works. Yep, for sure. Uh, good thing is foundations laid. Like, the, you know, Rod Clark and whoever else uh, comes in for Desmond Oliver – they're not going to come in and kind of have to like pick up some slack and go out and recruit guys or anything like that. Like they, they're coming into a good situation. Um, yeah, got to keep that train moving. Yeah, they don't. Thankfully, they don't have to come in here and kind of like scramble to to help Rick Barnes lay some foundation or anything like that. They 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 do kind of get the best of it, which is good. I mean that that's what you want for assistant coaches coming into your program. So that it's positive. Um, all right, Vol baseball, the good stuff, the real good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think you mentioned it. Best start in SEC play since 2001. 2-0 um, in SEC Road Series. That's the first time since 2005 when Tennessee went to the College World Series. Um, you know, it wasn't pretty all weekend. You know, no. we, we struggled in games pitching. Chad Dallas, played Tidwell, um, kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, Sean Hunley on Friday night struggled a little bit, but – you know, you found a way, and that's what separates um, the good from the great. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, th this team continues to find a way, continues to be aggressive, um, continues to make teams earn it. You know, Alabama hit the ball well this weekend, um, and they had to earn every single run they got because Tennessee wasn't, you know, putting guys on base. Um, Alabama walked 24 of our guys. So we drew 24 walks. They drew eight. Um, so we had 16 more base runners just off walks than they did. Um, 
so now we loaded the bases like 10 times, didn't get the runners on that we you know necessarily wanted. We left 31 runners on um, in the series. That's definitely not ideal. It's something that needs to get fixed. Um, but again, you went on the road in the SEC against quality opponent. There's not a lot to nitpick about. Um, you know, Friday you, you drop one, but you didn't fold. You, you kept grinding. And Saturday you, you head into the 11th inning get four runs, uh, kind of slam the door in Alabama. And then um, Sunday you jumped out to a lead. Alabama would come back every single time. But, uh, you know, they, they fell short at the end. Sean Hundley comes in, uh, you know, been clutch out of the pen all year long and, um, you know, really got it done. I think they had runners on third, second and third with one out and gets two huge um, ground balls to uh, to get the series win. Yeah, I mean, I think grind like the grind is the definition of not just this this weekend, but it's it's got to be the definition of this team. Um, you talked about Tennessee's ability to to get on base, whether it be a walk or, or what. I mean, their ability to go deep into at bats, and that's what helps them get those walks. But I mean, they're making pitchers work for it, and um, I mean that's gonna obviously at some point you got to start getting these guys home. Um, you can't leave them stranded forever. Uh, but I mean. Again, we're talking about if you want to get to series four and five when you got to get to three, you got to get those guys on base first. And Tennessee is definitely um, grind, again grind. They they just grind to get guys on base any means necessary. They do have some good hitters, mostly in the top of the lineup that that um, you know do a good job of getting on base. But everyone in the lineup is at least fighting those at bats and um, making things happen uh, all across the lineup and. Uh, the, this team's definitely going to need some uh, some some extra spark against. You mentioned seven in the top fifteen. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's it's something like that. Seven, um, I think, eight. I, you know, we're the we're the fourth. Um, Here, I think got, the, I'm actually going to is South Carolina and Florida. I think are the ones behind us. Now this is according to D1 Baseball, which is a little bit different than I think USA USA Today's. I think we're fifth in the SEC in that one. Yes, we're sixth overall, fifth in the SEC. So five, six, seven. Florida, who Tennessee will face this weekend uh, on the road, is um, or no, that's a home game, isn't it? That's a home yep. series. Yep. yep. Um, sorry. Uh, let's see, seven. So Florida's number twelve in, in that ranking. Um, so yeah, seven in the top fifteen there. Seven in the top twelve. If you want to look at it that way. Um, so I mean, definitely going to you know need some uh, more spark when you face those better teams. But I mean, that's I mean I think a lot of people have been like, I mean Alabama's had a, had a tough go of it to start. Uh, Arkansas, who they actually beat sixteen zero, is that what it was? Sixteen to one. Sixteen to one in the first game of the season or first SEC game of the season. Um, but then uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, or no, Ole, Ole Miss. This is the third series. Almost um, Arkansas. Yeah. So Arkansas and Ole Miss. Uh, so I mean they they face some tough tough teams and then Tennessee who's ranked number four to number six depending on what ranking you look at they've had a tough go of it to start I think a lot of people are kind of expecting them to have a better back half of the season um, when they get kind of their easier part of the schedule uh, if you I mean easy in the SEC is kind of a really loose term um, but maybe face some teams that they uh, size up better against and uh, yeah that Alabama team they're they can hit the ball all over the yard. I think their leadoff batter actually leads them in basically every 
hitting category. Um, you know, their their catcher is a really good hitter as well. They're they are missing their ace. He's only pitched one game this season, and it was out of conference. Um, and you saw it Sunday. I mean that. That I mean Saturday they use like seven pitchers, and yeah. you know they probably use that many on on Sunday too. I don't have the exact total in front of me. Um, they use five guys on on Sunday, so. Yeah, not a great pitching performance by either team. Um, you know, Tennessee didn't have a lot, but, you know, when pressure is on, you know, they got it done. So, uh, yep. you know, even when you didn't play your best baseball, you're still able to, to win. I was super impressed with the middle of the lineup yesterday. They went uh, those four through seven hitters. I think that was um, – or, or three through seven. It was Rucker, Gilbert Beck, and Lipsius. Um, combined to go 10 for 15 with six RBIs um, and I think five walks between the, the four of them. Um, so super impressive. I thought Logan Steentra had a good series. He batted ninth, I think, on Saturday and Sunday. And he hit three off the wall that, you know, he, he's yeah. probably killing himself that he didn't get an extra set of curls in before the weekend because <laughs> um, he'd probably have three home runs. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the the you mentioned it earlier. Uh, I mean, probably the, after the the first SEC series, that the bottom of the lineup's got to get better. Um, and I think it's getting. I mean, I think it's you know slowly but surely. You don't need them to be great. You don't need them to be as good as the top of the lineup. It's you know it's why the top of the lineup is the top of the lineup. But you need them to produce, and mm-hmm. you're getting a little bit more production out of them slowly but surely. Yep, you know Tennessee's not going to beat themselves, um, and they're not going to make they're, they're going to make mistakes, but they don't make the same mistake twice. Um, you saw that in the ninth inning uh, yesterday, whereas um, Max Ferguson, I think the first batter of the ninth inning, um, hit one to him kind of deep, and he was playing a little bit in shallow right field, and, and overthrew um, Lipsius to put a runner on. But then that with two outs, they hit one at about the same spot, and he was able to uh, to corral that and and get the third out and, and ultimately win the series. Um, but Tennessee is going to make teams earn it. You know they're not walking a ton of people. Um, you know that they're pretty good in the field. I think they've had some had some issues with errors, but Liam Spence wasn't at shortstop. I mentioned Logan Sintra played shortstop, and he hasn't played there a ton this season. Um, Liam Spence, I think, is dealing with a hamstring injury, but he was still able to bat. Um, he DH'd, and I think he he was one for two yesterday with um, two walks. I think on Saturday he had three walks, and he was two for two. Um, so he, he got on base every time. So he's still you know, not able to do a ton of stuff in the field, not able to run a lot, but still a quality um, hitter for Tennessee and, and getting the job done when he's needed. Yep. Exciting Tennessee team. Um, can't wait for the a home series against Florida. Crowd, I'm sure, will be, especially for Florida, will be um, off the charts. I, hey, don't be classy. There's no, there's no crying in baseball. There's no, there's no being classy in baseball. Okay. Yeah, these these next two weeks are going to be exciting, uh, especially that atmosphere with Florida and then welcoming Vandy um, mm. in two weeks. That, that's going to be a lot of fun, and I, I'm excited to see this team kind of grow a little bit. You know, you face some adversity this this weekend yep. on the road. Um, didn't play your like I mentioned, you didn't play your best baseball, but you found a way. Yep, that's the biggest thing: finding ways to win. And sorry, you know, Vitello, um, don't be upset with me. I, I didn't mean to look ahead. That's not the point. You got Eastern Kentucky tomorrow night at home. Um, so, you know, got to play that game first. Uh, wasn't, wasn't trying to jump ahead. Uh, this is a team you face 
already this season. Was this game originally scheduled? Like, were we? Oh, I guess you have Western Carolina again too. So yeah, it was. Um, yeah. I didn't know if this was one that they got last week or picked up last week or something. I know COVID and teams canceling and schedules are crazy this year. I didn't know how that scheduling went into it. Um, as far as playing a team like Eastern Kentucky again, uh, I know. I know some of the Tennessee teams. I've seen, I've seen them play twice, but I don't know if I've noticed out of state teams seen them play twice. Yeah, I think it, it has been really tough to for them to schedule opponents. But uh, Eastern Kentucky, I think we mentioned this before we played them last time, but they've knocked off two ranked opponents yeah. this season in Georgia Tech and Louisville. Um, so it's definitely not somebody you just want to look over. But I think it'll be a chance for guys to get some rest. Um, you know. Play some guys who normally wouldn't see a ton of action in the weekend. Guys like Kyle Booker, Logan Steencher will probably see a lot of time um, against Eastern Kentucky, and hopefully they're more prepared when they're called upon later on in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to mention, too, I, 11.7. They are their college baseball, a completely dedicated college baseball podcast. Um, you know, whether you get a chance to listen to their podcast, follow them on Twitter. Uh, college baseball is – very, very underrated as far like it's just because it's like the the it's the passion of S, like SEC baseball for example is the passion of SEC uh, football or basketball. It's just not covered. It's not as popular, but it is it is the talent. It is the passion, and I mean not just SEC too. Like ACC baseball and then um, you know Power Five baseball and even lower level baseball all over the country. Uh, I, I don't know how long they've been around. I just started following them this year. Seems like college baseball is getting more and more coverage. Uh, I mean, not necessarily from like ESPN, but from people putting it on Twitter. Uh, and they're a great follow. I've I've kept up with more college baseball this year because of them. Even though I've kept up with ball baseball uh, for years now, um, they've they've got me keeping up with all of it, and it's it's a great follow on Twitter. Yeah, it's it's just like like you said, more coverage. Um, D one baseball has done has done a really great job of um, really getting exposure to college baseball, and, and then like you mentioned, that podcast does a great job. I actually got to listen to them a couple of days ago, and they do a, a fantastic job of breaking down. and And it's it's not just like a, they're a fan of one team. You know, they cover right. everything. Right. Um, so oh, that's, look, that's what makes well, it great. I mean, this week you would have, if you followed them this weekend on Twitter, you you would have seen clips from Georgia State, clips from Vanderbilt. Like, I mean, top to bottom, uh, everybody. It, it's yeah, it's a great follow if you want to if you want to keep up with college baseball, and you should because, like I said, it is it's just as passionate and just as um, as far as talent goes too. It's it's there, so it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's continuing to grow. You know, with with Tennessee really becoming a, a national power. Um, you know, you've seen a lot more Tennessee fans kind of, I don't want to say bandwagon, but it kind of is jumping on the bandwagon a little bit. And, I mean, uh, you just, yeah, you just pay attention more. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, we met, we talked about it when we talked about kind of upgrading the facilities here. And I do want to ask you too about the super regional in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, it's not hard to get fans to cheer for Tennessee baseball. You already have the massive Tennessee fan base that will literally cheer for anyone and everything in Orange. Um, so you just got to put a half decent product out there and, and you, you've got them. Like, they're there, they're hooked. And, um, you know, Tony Vitello, what he's doing, it's just bringing those fans in quicker than ever. Um, people who want to cheer, who want to spend the money, spend the time, uh, just put a pro- good product on the field and they'll come. I mean, look, at, it's the same. It's a, it's the same at a, a little bit smaller level because it is baseball versus basketball. 
because uh, I mean, basketball, college basketball has always been very, very popular. College baseball is recently coming, becoming more popular, um, more talent getting there, at least like evenly spread across the board. Um, but I mean, college basketball, look at, at you go from hanging curtains in the, in the upper levels in Thompson Bowling Arena to two years later, you're selling out consistently on weeknight games with Bruce Pearl. Um, it, it's like, I mean, that's, that's Tennessee, that's Tennessee athletics. Yeah, put a good product on, on the court or the field, and, and Tennessee fans are, are definitely going to jump on that at, at any opportunity. Yeah, uh, so super regional. Like I said, I want to ask you about that. They're doing a little bit different this year. Um, a lot of people don't like it. Fair, totally understand. They are going to at least give it to people who probably would have gotten it anyways. It's not just like handing it out to the best facility. So obviously right now, the way Tennessee sits right now, they get a super regional or they get a regional host, right? Like the, if it ended today, obviously it doesn't. So I don't know exactly how they're deter- – like if they're doing it off rankings, yes. But I don't know if they actually – I don't know if that's – it just said it's predetermined. Um, so they're picking it before. So, yeah, you would assume that. but Or are they just doing it like kind of like the, the Final Four, the national championship. You know, you're doing it in <laughs> – Indianapolis or the NCAA tournament you're doing in Indianapolis because it was best suited for that. But that was more so because of the bubble. You had so many stadiums and hotels. And I mean, like this, I think is more so to like have facilities get prepared for it. Like you, you know, you're not going to end up at a smaller school. That's not, has an adequate enough facility to host multiple teams and multiple fan bases at your location. So I think this is the idea behind it. So I think it's going to be a combination of, yes, facilities that are good enough. I don't know where Lindsey Nelson stands on that. because I. But I, from my understanding, too, I'm trying to read the article. I, I know I saw a tweet about it. It's going to be a combination of, I believe, adequate facilities and where they see those teams ranked at the end of the year. So making those predetermined picks based on what they know now and what they think will happen in the next month when things wrap up. Yeah, that, that's definitely the hope. And, and I think Tennessee wouldn't have a problem with, you know, the f- facilities from that standpoint. Yeah. They don't have the best facilities in the SEC by, by any means, but <laughs> I, I think they're plenty good enough to, to host four teams for a weekend. Right. Right. Uh, and I'm trying to see if I can pull it up. I thought it was D one baseball that, that but, had all of it, but but some some teams are going to get like screwed from that because mm-hmm. you know you know some of those teams could probably flip flop you know you you have sixteen regionals right you have sixteen uh, those top sixteen seeds ho- usually host the regional well I mean those twelve to sixteen could probably flip flop um, so you you just don't know you know some teams will probably get screwed at that maybe earn their spot a couple weeks later um, and get in that top 16, but they've already predetermined it. So they kind of miss out of hosting. It would just really suck for, for Tennessee to finally get to that point to host a regional and not be able to. So. Hey, yeah, but Hey, maybe some, uh, some added, uh, added motivation for the next year. You know, they're kind of using, you know, this year, I know at least before the season, uh, that staff and that program was kind of preaching like, hey, picking up unfinished business. Like we didn't even get to start last year. Uh, we're, we're here to, you know, maybe next year if they don't get there, that's just, hey, just write it on the board. Well, that'll piss us off too. And, and we'll try to host a super regional next year. God, I'm, I'm going to, I will riot. 
if they don't. I will <laughs> so, so this is from Jordan Rogers. It was D1 Baseball or Kendall Rogers, not Jordan, um, from his account. Um, essentially, they're going to try to have – they're going to – they're predetermined uh, for both rounds, regional and super regional. And it is going to be uh, – they're based on merit in late April. So they're, they are going to base it off of what you're doing and like, what you've done during the season as, as, much as, they, as much as they know. So, I mean, like I think – is a team going to get screwed out of it inevitably? Like that's the, the nature of it. But, I mean, are they getting screwed out of it any more than they would have in a normal year? We'll see and find out, you know. Yep. I mean, it just – I hate when we kind of put it in the hands of the NCAA because <laughs> we, we've seen it, firsthand. To be fair, isn't it always in their hands? Like I feel like again, they're they're always deciding the sites, not necessarily directly like they are right now, but they're always picking the teams that then host, right? Yeah, but it, I mean, it, it's you know kind of like you have people who kind of project that, and, yeah. and it's very close to probably what the NCAA is going to do. Um, so I just, you know, when they, it just makes me a little worried that Tennessee's right there, you know, fighting for a spot to host a regional. And, you know, this comes out that we're predetermining it. It just kind of worries me a little bit. I can't imagine that Tennessee, if they were a, a, a top 16 team come late April, that they, like, I don't know how would it be possible to be left out. We'll find I out. Like, we'll find I just out. have trust issues with the NCAA. That's fine. I, I certainly understand. I, I do get <laughs> it. Um, okay. That's all I got for Vol Baseball. Anything else? That's all I got. Get shirts. Landon po- posted it last night. Go order them now. When, when's the cutoff date? You got a date yet? Uh, Sunday. Okay. Sunday. So you better get on it. You got a week. Well, less than a week now. Yeah. Um, go do it. All right. March Madness. Gonzaga Baylor. Okay. <laughs> You might I, – I doubt you're prepared for this because we briefly talked about it. I don't know if we were serious. I was serious because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bench guy because the only time I played basketball, I was a bench guy. And so, like, my heart's there. We talked about uh, us naming our own all-teammate team. That's right, yeah. I've got an all-teammate team. Okay. I don't think I'm prepared for that. No, but. you don't have to be. If you want to come at me like after the national championship, if you want to go back. So here's what I did. We, we said that like maybe the first round or after or before the first round of the tournament, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm looking for the best teammates. Okay. And, and that's all. Like I didn't even watch games. I just watched the bench. I, I didn't watch them. I, I was like, who's who's cheering, who's celebrating, who's talking the most trash, Who who's the holdback guy. I'm checking for the best teammate on every team. That's all I cared about. I don't. I didn't care about who won the games. I cared about the best teammate. Now, typically, the, the guys who won were the best teammate. Like that. That's the nature of the business. Um, so I'll go through mine, and you can disagree with me. You can agree with me. You can go. I don't know who those guys are because I didn't either. And uh, that's. I had. I, I did a lot of research going into this because uh, Google was my friend. Um, in fact, I didn't know any of these guys until doing this. So. Besides one, and we'll go first with him, and that's Urosh Plavsic. Number one, number one on the all team eight team. This guy, all team. I mean, you're Tennessee fans. You all know now. I'm glad I went first with him. You know what a good teammate looks like. Cheering him on, celebrating the threes, celebrating the dunks. First guy on the court on timeouts. Biggest celebrator after wins. You I mean, know, they're going to have to hire a get back coach for Urosh. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the kind of team always on the court. That's the kind of teammate I want on my bench. And I also had a couple um, 
I had a couple factors. Um, did couldn't have a lot of minutes. I made an exception for Urosh. Couldn't have a lot of minutes. Couldn't have a lot of points. Couldn't have a lot of stats. Urosh actually had the most of any. He had the most minutes, most points, and most rebounds of any player on this <laughs> list. He had 71 minutes all season, 18 points, and 17 rebounds. He was number one. That's a double-double. It is. All season, guys. All season long. All right, my next one. UCLA, Russell Stong. I think that's how you say his name. Don't even know how to say his name. All teammate team. He's the guy. He's the guy. He was electric on the sidelines through UCLA's entire run. You can't miss him. He was a combination of the get-back guy and the guy who had to get backed. Like, he was everything. He was everywhere. He was all over the place celebrating every single moment. I think he had. I think he cried the most after the after the uh, the buzzer beater. I mean, just electric teammate. All season again, stats for all season: five minutes total, two rebounds, one assist. Oh wow, that's a teammate. That's a guy you want on your side. He's going first in pickup. He's getting picked first. I know that for sure. Next one, you're gonna like this name: Paul Heipler, Abilene Christian. You oh, might I know. know I remember this. You one, might yeah. know him as the horn down, horns down guy. You can't leave him off the list. Sixty-four minutes, thirteen points, all season long. That's it. No assist. Uh, he might have had or some. That's, that, that was the only one I really had there. For I want more double doubles, Caleb. That's what I'm. Here <laughs> for. I'm sorry. I can go back and look for Paul Heibler. You'll love this one. Okay. And I haven't seen anybody's bets rolling in yet. Mark Patterson. He's the Baylor walk-on who got a scholarship the night before the Houston game. Do you, know what he, do you know what he did in the Houston game? Took a charge. He had two points in the Houston game. Dang. He overhit because of those two points. That's a guy. Like he's not just a teammate for Baylor. He's a teammate for us. The overs. That's a teammate. And and, and then I think all of this, all of his accolades. You know, this is a guy that he was. Uh, he was one of the celebrators. He's a bench guy. He's a big bench guy. I also need to note that the two points that hit the over, guess how many points he had all season? All season long. Mm, two. 14. Close. 14. 14 all season long, two points hit the over. Won a lot of people money. A lot of people money. Okay. I, I bet that's going to be one of Wednesday. We've got a we've got a bad beat segment. I bet that's one of Chad's bad beats. I guarantee you he took the under. I really don't remember what he what he said, but I guarantee you. Y'all know Chad, he is literally the worst better of all time. Um, and he probably he's stubborn, so he's probably not listening to this. That's why I can talk crap about him. But I would tell this to his face. He's terrible. I would, say, I would say it to his face. Yeah. My last teammate, don't worry, I've got a coach's squad to you for you too. Um, I might have spelled his name wrong. This is but he doesn't care because he's an all teammate guy. Amat Patterson from USC. Big time celebrator. He was the dance guy on the bench. If you watched USC at all, he was always dancing. He's five seven. Love that about him. Five seven guy can't get better than that as a guard. He got. He had fifty. He had a five. Oh, he wears number fifty five. That's my favorite part about him. Number fifty five. Oh, okay. Yeah, the big big random well, number guy. Well, Jason Williams. Yes, probably he doesn't care who that is, but <laughs> you would get it if you saw him. Um, he had five minutes this year. He played for five minutes, but lo- love this stat, eight points. 
He doesn't. He doesn't need a. Lot, he doesn't need a lot of minutes. He he has more no. points in minutes. Give him the ball, coach. That's my old teammate team. I've got some coaches. You, you want to win? Put these guys in. Exactly. No, no, don't put them in. That's the point. Leave them on the bench. Let them celebrate. That's what they're there or for. Or maybe put them in every once in a while. There. Yeah. Yeah. They deserve, they deserve some some garbage minutes. Just a few minutes per game. Nothing more. Just a few minutes per game. All right. So I had a coach before Friday night. I had a coach. It was Nate Oates. He's a teammate guy. He's on the court celebrating. He's the first one out for timeouts, high fiving, chest bumping. He, you know, the FU LSU, I love that. But I'm sorry, Nate Oates, you completely got dethroned on Friday night by Coach Barnes from Arizona. I mean, freaking electric factory. Double bird, FU Gino Ariyama had her team chanting it, it looked like in the huddle. Yeah, that's I love that. You all that that's it. She's the all teammate team leader. She's they it. should they should have just gave her the national championship after that. A hundred percent. Did you watch that game? I'd guilt, guilty to I bet on it. Didn't watch it. Did you win your bet? Nope. Bet on Arizona money line. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was I wanted to do that, but I saw where Arizona had lost two. Twice already to Stanford, so I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna leave that." One. Hey, it's hard yeah, to beat him the third. It's hard to beat him the third time. Okay. Yep. <laughs> It'll let it be, for sure. Um, yeah. So that's my all teammate team. I'll tweet it out later. I'm sure some people would disagree. That's fine. You don't have to agree with me. Those guys though would cheer for you whether you agree with them or not because they're all teammates. So your guys that you bring at me better better be those kind of people. If they're not, disregard it. I'll disregard. I love it. it. Love it. National championship. You know, that that team really hits home for us because in middle school, me and Caleb were were right there beside each other at the end of the bench. Um, I don't know how great teammates were. I think we were just kind of mad that we weren't getting in the game. But uh, Listen, if if the guy in front of me could have made threes, I would have celebrated him, okay? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, All right, tonight's game. Gonzaga and Baylor, we're going to get you out of here in about 10 minutes. Uh, so you can uh, you go pee, grab a beer before me. I'm going to get ready for bed, take my contacts out, <laughs> wash my face, um, and then I'm laying down. But uh, you you do you. Who wins tonight? That's a great question, David Alabama. <sighs> I got back at six saying that name. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm taking Gonzaga. You said it. Like, they're the team. Like, how do you get to this? Like, the Kentucky team lost in the Final Four, the undefeated one. How does this team lose? Yeah, I mean, see, like it's it's making me think, like if if Houston could have made it a close game with Baylor, I'd have said, oh yeah, Gonzaga hands down. But the fact that Baylor just destroyed they, Houston, they did the coast, yeah, um, you know, yeah, maybe that that says something. They they you know get to rest up a little bit longer. Um, you know, they had the the day game, so. I don't know. I, it just it feels like Gonzaga is destined to win, but but Baylor's made it interesting. Yeah, um, <clears throat> they definitely made it interesting. I think. I mean, and I like Baylor. I, I've liked Baylor all year in terms of like I think they just have the ability to suffocate teams. And, and but can they? What what I think Baylor's been good at, and I know that it doesn't really show in that Houston game. They just dominated for the entire time, but they'll go on these two minute runs. 
where no team's been able to keep up with them for two minutes. And then, you know, then they'll play close basketball for six or seven minutes. And then they'll go on a two-minute run where they suffocate you again until they eventually get out to an eight-point lead, a ten-point lead. And they just suffocate teams. I don't know if they have the ability to do that against a team like Gonzaga. Yeah, I think it's going to take an incredible shooting night from from Baylor to to really have a chance. I think if Baylor does win, I think it's close. Um, but I, I think if Gonzaga wins, you could see anywhere from like a ten point to six point game. Okay, interesting. See, I I can I think we're going to get another buzzer beater tonight. Okay, that'd be cool. I think we're going to get another buzzer beater. I and. I think we're, that doesn't mean it wins. It could tie it, and then we could get a, you know an overtime that's a little farther apart. But I, I think we get another. I'm feeling another buzzer beater. Maybe okay. Okay. You got to at least spot me a halftime. If there's a halftime buzzer beater, it has to count. Okay. What about a shot clock? No, no, they'll no. <laughs> I don't think either of these teams are going to get deep in the shot clock tonight. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. <laughs> uh, I want to take that that Fanduel over the one sixty three, but I just can't make myself do it. Oh, I did it, baby. We're riding the over. It's one sixty three, or did you do one fifty nine? What was? I, did, I think I did them both. I did okay. like whatever the over was at, and then I did that boost as well. Gotcha. So I think I did them both. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, I think it's gonna be a very very high scoring affair. I mean, I agree with you being on a national stage. Changes it, but I mean, they did it the last two nights already. What's tonight mm-hmm. going to do? Right. All right. So, official prediction I'm going Gonzaga. I'm going Gonzaga by four. So, a little bit more than than yours. Um, if you were to take Gonzaga, I'm going Gonzaga by four. So, you, you think Baylor covers? Yes. That would be Baylor covering. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll go. Um... I want to pick Baylor so bad. Um, you know what? Look Screw smart. it. Look smart. Screw it. I'm going to Baylor, but I'm going Gonzaga covers the boost of four and a half. Okay. Um, and, and we win big money tonight. If, like if you don't know what I'm talking about, DraftKings has the boost where it's plus 100, uh, Gonzaga plus four and a half. Uh, you can do a max bet of $25 on that. If you want to do that, if you want to hedge it with uh, Baylor money line, and you could double dip in this. So you get Baylor money line. I put 15 on it. So basically you come out even if, if Baylor, Baylor wins, though. Wait, what? You need Baylor to win pretty much. No, no, Gonzaga covers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. If if basically if Gonzaga wins, you win 25. Um if if you want to put 15 on Baylor money line, then I put I think I put 15 on it. If Baylor destroys Gonzaga, so they, beat him, they beat him by five or more, then uh, you come out even. But if Gonzaga covers and Baylor wins. Double dip. Then you double dip and win about $50. So you're calling the double dip, right? Like that's what you're going that's for. That's what I want, yeah. Okay. And you're calling it. Are you trying to speak it into existence? I mean, I think it's going to be close. I, I really do. I, I, I think Baylor – I think Baylor's just shooting the ball really well right now. I, yeah. I like their guards. Um, I don't think they're going to let Kispert just drain three after three on them. Um, right. I, I think if they're able to stay out of foul trouble and knock down some threes, I, I think Baylor would be just fine in this game. Yeah. It's going to be a fun one. Can't wait. Um, again, got I've got to stay awake for one shiny moment. I'm going to set an alarm clock for one shiny moment so I wake up to watch it because um, I probably will fall asleep. I'm an old man. 
Yeah. Most important yeah. of the week. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm tired too. I'm ready. I'm kind of ready to go to bed now, but you know, gotta win this money. Uh, most important. What about the sold out crowd at the Rangers game? I love it. Wellington. I know a lot of people are going to be upset about it, and a lot of people are going to be, you know, assholey excited. There's going to be assholes on both sides, but like, it's good for sports for yeah. it to kind of get back to normal. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping sports get back to. I mean, I don't. I hope no one gets sick or gets, you know, anything like that from it. And I, and I hope sports get back to normal. So that's that's it. Um. My first most important is Jordan Spieth. I mentioned it earlier in the episode. Texas is back. Jordan Spieth won. Um, he also got a little uh, chirp from a, a young fan this week at the Valero Open. Um, he, he had a tough shot right off the cart path uh, this week. And uh, some, I mean, a young kid, could not have been older than like 10 years old, uh, said right before he uh, lined up for his shot, said, Jordan, are you going to try something stupid here? And, and then Jordan hit an incredible shot. I, dude, if, I, I wish he had done the – you know the bowling guy who's like, who do you think you are? I am. That guy? Mm-mm. You haven't seen that video? I don't think so. I'll have to send it to you. He, he bowls a strike to win like the PBA championship and just the most electric celebration. Who do you think you are? I am is what he says. Yeah, no, no idea what it means. But apparently <laughs> he said in an interview that he was yelling at a kid that had been chirping him all night. And then he was yelling that at him. So Jordan Spieth should have just done that to that kid. Yeah, just let him know. Are, I am. Yeah, just let him know. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with Otani, the uh, the pitcher hitter, Holly dude for the Angels. Um, was was great on the mound. Um, he threw eight pitches at least a hundred miles an hour over. Um, two hits, five walks, one earned run. And uh, hit an absolute bomb. Yeah, his, I think the first pitch he saw. Really? Yeah. Um, in in that game, and was and batted second. I, I think he's the yep. first batter to do that since nineteen oh three. To nice. to pitch and bat in the two hole. So yeah, just uh, you don't see a lot of that anymore. Um, so I, I think it's it's great to see and. And the sound that that bat made when it hit that ball was mm, just got me going, dude. He, I mean, he's ridiculous. Did you? Someone was like, because uh, they were. Someone was like, I'm pretty sure he's the first guy to ever throw over 100 and hit over 115 miles an hour. Um, and someone was like, oh, you should check that out, Babe Ruth. Someone was like, he never hit or he never threw pitches over 100 miles an hour. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I was talking with uh, Brody today about, like, you know, a, every team has guys throwing 100 now. Um, right. It used to be, like, Aroldis Chapman was, like, the only one. And, and now, basically, everybody's got um, – Garrett Crochet had a, a good outing um, yeah. the other day. Yeah, he did. Just some nasty pitches. He, he's, he's filthy. I mean, he is filthy. Hopefully, he stays healthy. I know he's battled some things. Um, he could have a really good year for the White Sox. Yeah. You have any more most important? Uh, I don't have any more most important. Got some fails? I thought I had a fail. I don't want to use that one. Um, I, I have one more most important. Okay. Um, I forgot to mention this. So the Panthers 
signed former BYU wide receiver Micah Simon, who went undrafted last year, but ran a 4-3, and, and then he ended up catching passes from Zach Wilson at his pro day, um, and they signed him after that. So uh, Nice. Pretty cool. You don't see a, a lot of that kind of getting noticed at somebody else's pro day. Um, so I, I thought that was that was really cool. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I don't have any fails. Uh, I mean, other than maybe uh, – are we going to call the Panthers getting Sam Darnold a fail? Yeah, you can. Why the graphic though was legendary. I it know great. it was a fantastic graphic. Um, why did they get him? I don't know. He's young, I guess. And maybe they think, you know, with some actual players around him that he can maybe do something. I just think they're kind of screwed out with their pick. You know, the all the four of the top quarterbacks are gonna be gone. So right. um, I don't hate it. And with Deshaun Watson having the issues he's having, you know, maybe. Yeah, they, they couldn't yeah. go out and get him. Yeah. Yeah. So may, maybe that's kind of – you play the cards you're dealt. But, uh, yeah, definitely not a, something I'm super excited about. Yeah, you tell uh, us? I do. So uh, did you see the Cardinals and Reds kind of bench clear and brawl? Yeah, I did. What the? Why did what's his name only get suspended? <laughs> why did he get suspended? Well, yeah, that. But why was he the only one? That, if you're going to suspend him, why did you only suspend him? Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just don't get it. Like you see that in the NBA, basically every time they dunk a basketball, right? Um. So, and you know, he was hit. Like they hit him the in that inning, and, and then he slides it in. Safely, where the the pitcher's at, and he stands over him. I don't have a. You didn't. You didn't. the The issue is, you didn't suspend any of the Astros for anything. That too. Yes. That's. I mean, that's the bot. That's another thing too. Is like you're just very. It, Rob Manfred's an idiot. That's the yeah, bottom. Terrible. Line. Terrible. That's the bottom line. Just soft. Who cares? I mean, it, it was good TV. Good TV. Great TV. I mean, when is anybody ever going to really watch the Reds and the Cardinals play? No but one actually tuned in was because of that. No one actually was watching, so that's part of the issue. Is not a lot of people saw it. Like Rob Manfred was like, I didn't know they were playing tonight, but it, yeah, it made the highlights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You got any more? That's all I got, guys. Appreciate y'all listening. We'll let you get off here. National championship set to start here in just a few minutes. Enjoy it. I know it's late. We'll be back on Wednesday talking about baseball. Hopefully we get another episode of the juice by then so I can get juiced. Um, Of course, we'll be talking football, maybe know some more about some basketball assistants back on the staff. We'll be talking about it all. You getting your chili hot? Oh, my chili stays hot. (laughs) That's all we got. Guys, thanks for listening. We're bringing the boat in and we out.